come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And I'm your polter guide, Mac. And I've brought them here for some nefarious purpose. I've each offered them each $10,000. Wait, what? <laughs> well, everyone but Adrian. <laughs> she paid me to come. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Uh, she financed the rest of us. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, Debbie accepted a different offer to go to a different haunted house for just 5000 So We thought should... we'd split up and, and that would be a more effective way to cover the haunted houses in the area. And so, yeah, there's now it's just us, and hopefully Deb is having fun. <laughs> I'm sure she's okay. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so this week, we watched the 1959 classic, uh, The House on Haunted Hill. I almost said our whole full sweet name there for a second <laughs> that I had to pause. And uh, we have lots of thoughts on it. What What is the name of this week? The Haunting of the Hell House on the Hill. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so I, can I, can I open up with something Dot, 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 13 ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I open up with something that's not entirely related to the movie? Of course. So throughout this movie, I kept thinking, man, I love Vincent Price. And then I remembered how much I bagged on Alfred Hitchcock. And I thought, oh man, I better look Vincent Price up. Because if I bagged on Hitchcock that much, and then it turns out that Price is a D-bag, yeah. uh, um, I'm, 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 I'm going to be... I'll, I'll be in the wrong. So I looked him up, and, uh, and and can I just read this section of his Wikipedia page for you guys? I've read it, but please do. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I uh, haven't read it, so I want to know. <laughs> one example of his outspoken political action came when he concluded an old-time radio episode of The Saint entitled Author of Murder, which aired on NBC Radio on July 30th, 1950. He denounced racial and religious prejudice as a form of poison and claimed Americans must actively fight against it because Rachel and... Uh, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel told him to. <laughs> because Rachel told him to. Uh, because racial and religious prejudice within the United States fuels support for the nation's enemies. Price was later appointed to the Indian Arts and Crafts Board under the Dwight D. Eisenhower administration. He called the appointment kind of a surprise. Here, kind of a surprise since I'm a Democrat. Can you say that? Kind of a surprise because I'm a Democrat. <laughs> Price was supportive of his daughter who came out as a lesbian and was critical of Anita Bryant's anti-gay campaign in the 1970s. He was an honorary board member of PFLAG and among the first celebrities to appear in public service announcements discussing AIDS with the public. His daughter has said that she is as close to certain as I can be that my dad had physically intimate relationships with men. So the sum up of this is that I love Vincent Price. <laughs> and you can love Vincent Price, too, without any guilt. Yes. Yeah. He is not a terrible man. He's he's a guilt-free enjoyment. I feel like I need to make a list of, like... <laughs> it would be a shorter list. It would be. But, like, like, well, there's things I love that can't watch, but then there are alternatives that are close to it, like, same taste, not quite as guilt-filling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like here, instead of having this hostess right. cupcake, have don't watch the have movies of Woody Allen. Watch the movies of Nora Ephron. Don't watch yeah. 
uh, House of Cards, watch The Mac, West Wing. This would be a valuable service that needs to exist in the world. Yeah. Get on it. I'm on it. I would read these blog posts. Okay. I mean, I already read your blog posts, but I would also read these blog posts. <laughs> yeah. It's been in the back of my head. <laughs> I can tell. Like, this was a well thought out, yeah. well... Well planned. You had your your uh, examples. <laughs> <laughs> Should we uh, do the did you like it? Yeah, let's do the did you like it. Um, Adrian, did you like it? Yes. Donna. I think this movie is dumb AF and I loved every moment of it. Yes. <laughs> Alright. I liked it. I think there's one fatal flaw. Okay. And we'll get into that. One that prevents me from enjoying it on the same level you two do. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. I, I dig the camp, especially like yeah. this is like right right on that kind of so campy that 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 sixties cusp, and then knowing what William Castle would do to movie theaters for mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like I I dig it. It's fun mm-hmm. and it's been surprised that now I can enjoy even more. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. So those of you who don't know what this is about or haven't seen it or have only watched the ninety nine remake, which... if you have listened to either of our two previous podcasts, you know what this movie's about. People yeah. go into a hat house. Some people don't exit. <laughs> and there's some screaming. There's some screaming. So, our good, good buddies at IMDb sum this up as, A millionaire offers $10,000. I wasn't sure if you could get through that without being interrupted. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to interrupt you. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> a millionaire offers $10,000 to five people who agree to be locked in a large, spooky, rented house overnight with him and his wife. There's kind of like, I feel like there's words missing in this. To keep some of the surprises away. Yeah. I guess they're, yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, all right, gang, let's get into it. Um, I, I would like to say, issue a one-week moratorium on my war with IMDb. Okay. In that they, they, they got some truth, right? Oh. The movie credits the skeleton, the, the goofy skeleton, yes. as itself. <laughs> and the IMDb, and IMDb has a page for the skeleton because he has a credit in the picture, in fact. That's awesome. I did a screen grab. This so we're doing a ceasefire on IMDb this week. This makes me so happy. <laughs> As himself. That is just so wonderful. Um, this may be the bridge, Mac, that heals the My, eye. Well. I said might be. How, how's Natalie Portman's page looking? I don't know, but I kind of wish now. I want to fix that just the, so you... the, the original <laughs> transgression that started this fight still stands. <laughs> Um, I want to say that before before anything comes up on the screen, there is this blood curdling scream mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that startled the shit out of me. I mean, it's it set the tone for me because I'm just sitting there going, "Okay, the movie's gonna." <laughs> that opening soundscape is actually one of the things that inspired uh, the haunted house tracks. Yeah. That you can oh. get. Oh, that's cool. Like, like this was sort of the first time that you see just, or that you see just that soundscape with nothing else. Yeah, I dig that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there are so many things that I think this movie does really, really well. The camp, like just the over the top. This is what we're doing. We're gonna have a good time in this haunted house, and people are gonna die. Well, let me jump right to the end for something that made that work. Are we in spoiler territory yet? I'm about to say. Okay. I'm going to say this movie is 50... Uh, 59. 59 years but old. But still. 59 years spoiler old. Spoiler territory. We are... Right. You, you've had time. It's in the public domain. You don't even have to pay to watch it. Yeah. So, 
at the very end when that skeleton comes out of the acid and I'm sitting there going, you can see the fucking hook on its head. Yeah. Okay, I mean that is it's it's not good. And when it starts moving, now, the now let me finish. Okay, I, I've got a counter to that. I'm just placing my flag now. When uh, when it's moving, you're like that doesn't even look real. Okay, so the skeleton is so bad, but it but you you're like okay, I'm gonna go with this because the movie is so campy. But then you get the reveal that the skeleton is a marionette, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> that person had a cook on his head. Yeah. And he's got his equity card. <laughs> that whole thing was my last two notes. Like, come on, guys. You can see the string. And then it's like, oh, and that's why you can see the string. Because it, it's been, for me, it's been probably a good 10 plus years yeah. since I've seen it. So I had forgotten that gag. I was like, okay. This was one of my mom's favorite movies. Um, like this suite that we're doing is actually like my mom's thunderstorm playlist. Nice. <laughs> um, so that explains so much. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, biography clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like this one, I think was my favorite of them. I like, like, I just this movie feels good <laughs> to me. And, but I never, I don't recall ever th- a time when I didn't know that that skeleton was a marionette. <laughs> the the thing I would counter on that, especially in the early ones, there are so many movies and especially TV shows filmed 50, 60 years ago that they never anticipated a home market with high definition. So you're watching in the theater. I don't think you would have seen the string. Well, I didn't see the string. I saw oh, the, black... the, the hook. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you would have seen the detail on that as okay. much as you would, as you do now. They have that with other movies too. I think it's yeah. Star Wars where they use literally bubble wrap. Yeah. As like part of the costume, because in low def or not low def, but you know yeah. what, not high def, just uh, normal just, broadcast. Yeah, yeah, you just you couldn't tell that it's it was just, just texture. Yeah, it was yeah. just texture, and and so now they're having this issue with high definitions where it's like, oh, look at all these things we can see now. Yeah. The the really the notorious one is Caesar Romero in the old Adam West Batman show. He never shaved his mustache. He refused to shave his mustache because Caesar Romero was a great Latin lover type archetype i will never shave my mustache i was like okay we're just gonna paint over it and 50 years ago okay but now you've got like the whole series and the movie the movie they did on blu-ray and it's just clear that he's got a mustache <laughs> that's sort of chalked out i all like i feel like that just goes with the character oh, like does. i'm like i'm fine yeah, with it <laughs> I, i'm fine with it but it was not something that they were like because in the, on the day they were like no nah, nobody will notice two fifty years later we noticed and every you can see every <laughs> action figure or, or pop fun, uh, Funko Pop of uh, Cesar Ramirez Joker, they include the wisps of the mustache. <laughs> so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so in the opening, as I jump back to the beginning, I, I was a little disappointed because he repeats the line, when he's talking about his wife, he repeats the line, she's so amusing. <laughs> he repeats it twice. Yeah. And I, I was one, waiting for the third, and two, waiting for that to be important. And I actually wonder if it wasn't just a weird little editing glitch. Might be that. I also had the problem because he goes through the whole voiceover introducing all the characters to us and then after the credits where it appears they're just kind of waiting around as the credits play over which is kind of a Eh. But uh, <laughs> or they're waiting on their ride. Then they're in there, and then they start introducing each other. I'm like, no, no, no. We know who everyone is. Don't, don't waste time on this. <laughs> yeah, I think I would hold it against this movie a little bit more if mm-hmm. I didn't see it all the time. Right. Movies like uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's got the same. Yeah. It's like the same. Oh, it happens. Movie yeah. three times, and yeah. I'm like, why are you delivering this information to me again? Sorry. It, it happens a lot in movies, but it's always bad. It is always bad. Yeah. I agree. Um, the house looks so like I, I realize that this house is like concrete, stone, whatever. But architecturally, the shapes of the house look so similar to the house in Thirteen Ghosts. Mm. Well, it's just mm-hmm. square. Like I mean, it's just yeah. it's like here's a box planted. Ooh, I didn't pick up on that, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I guess that's right. I was thinking about talking about it in this episode or the next episode, but the um, like the similarities between these movies I yeah. find very interesting. This one and the next one we're going to watch. The whole suite. The whole so, 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 Yeah, I mean... So I think trapped, I might, trapped in a haunted house. I think the I'm... Beast. Well, it's, it goes beyond that. Though. Like, Volunteering I'll, I'll say, for some reason to go to a haunted house, then becoming trapped in it. And there's even more. Yeah. But I think so, I might so, save We'll it. save it for the last, yeah. Um... There were, there were, there, she wasn't standing under that chandelier. Like, that scare when he, like, rescues her when the chandelier is falling. I'm like, Nora, you were, like, three feet away from that. You, mm. you were gonna be fine. I have to admit one thing, by the way. When I, I, when I wrote down the cast list, I thought Lance was Roger Moore. I've actually got written down. He's kind of a Roger Moore type. I yeah, Lance Moore. Schroeder, James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the, 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 the note I have on him written down is that the, the narration from Vincent Price like, this is handsome McHandsome face. He is a test pilot and brave. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah, those are his defining characteristics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's not a lot going on there. No. That's pretty handsome, much what the narration was. Handsome and yeah. brave. Yeah. Yes, that's who he is. Um, and then we've got the doctor. And I lost... All interest in the doctor the third time he used the phrase hysteria to dismiss. I think um, I talked to Nora. About... Oh, can I? Wait, hysteria I... is not a phrase. Hysteria yeah. is a word, and it's a bad word, and should not be used to dismiss people. Yeah, I actually that is a note. It's like how many times can we stay, say hysteria? That in, is... in fifty nine, there actually was a, a, a movie code limit. <laughs> actually, a minimum. I'm sorry, a minimum. A minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I was talking to somebody on Facebook one time about sexism and they... How did that work out? They called me hysterical. <laughs> oh, okay. They literally oh. called me hysterical and I was yeah, like... conversation about sexism. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I was like, okay. I don't know if you think you're being cheeky right now or if you honestly don't know, but um, we're done and I'm just gonna unfriend you. Good call. Good call. Um... Yeah, there, I think, in fact, I think I, I actually made a comment in our chat about how I'm drowning in the misogyny of this movie. And that was, that was about halfway through. I'm like, oh my God. Um, it, b- but that, that's, it is a complaint, but it's not a, like a death complaint to the movie. Right, it I wasn't, was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a deal break. It was like, I know when they made this movie, I know, I understand, but oh my God. You need the waiters? <laughs> yes, I need the waiters. I. Or floaties, that's what I meant, floaties. I do not disagree with you at all. However, I think it was probably pretty good for the time. Yeah. Like, you do have Annabelle kind of holding her own throughout a lot of the movie. Um, You've got her being pretty openly sexual. Like... This would have actually been... Let's see, was was Noir... This would have been right about the time Noir was still big, right? It's a little post-Noir. Yeah. I mean, it's right around the time... 
Orson Welles did uh, A Touch of Evil, which was kind of a postmodern noir. I, uh, I took a, a film class when I was still going to OU, and the, the professor was so funny. He was talking about noir, about film noir, and how all the guys were coming back from World War II, and these women had been working, and he had this weird way of clinch, talking through clenched teeth, and I don't know if I could if I can do it justice, but he, he explained the phenomenon of noir by saying, and who knows what the little darlings had been up to. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I get it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> and so that's kind of, of how I felt about Annabelle. I felt like Annabelle actually would have very well been a, a, a noir um, heroine. I think she, yeah, I think yeah. that... I. I, I I feel like this movie in particular is very much a noir film dressed up like a horror movie. Yeah. Because essentially you have the you have Annabelle who is kind of the femme fatale. Yes. And then you've got That was the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> and then you've got Vincent Price, whose character I'm sure has a name that isn't Vincent Price, um, who is the Lauren Scary House. <laughs> Frederick um, Lauren. Who who is um the very kind of austere criminal? Like, it's implied that whatever he does isn't on the up and up, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, this it's is starting to get into my fatal flaw for the movie. He He's the cynic in yeah. the whole thing. And that's not Vincent Price. He should have <laughs> been uh, the squirrely guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, the ghosts are coming from all the directions. That's like Vincent Price's... I would have liked to have seen that. Right. I like him. I I, I like how deadpan yeah. he is in this movie and how just like fucking done. Yes. He, he reminds me of Giles. Like, like I feel like the entirety <laughs> season, of... Season four, season five Giles. Yeah, I feel like season four, season five Giles is just Vincent Price from this movie. Right. And, and that's my... Because I think that's a misuse of... He's miscast. That's my one complaint about the movie. I don't hate what he like. I like what he did in this movie, sure. but I also think I would have liked to have seen him yeah. be that character. And that's his persona. I think is it is much more. Like, I broke my nail. I don't even know how. It's it's the <laughs> the narration drop from the thriller. I said call it the thriller. Thriller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah did yeah. you watch it on the internet? I did watch it on the internet. Well, I think that I think that's something to say though about this film is that this is some pretty for nineteen fifty nine. It's got some pretty modern themes. You've got adultery, murder. I mean, come on, married five times in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, what people will do for money? Like that's some. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me. That's. I mean, for nineteen fifty nine, that's kind of some heavy stuff. That's but is covered by camp, and I think that's super uh, smart. Yeah. Here's one of my... It's not a fatal flaw, but it is a I don't get it kind of thing. Because, okay, he is the man with the money, right? Right. He, he's, he's the one with the money. So he's marrying these women, these trophy wives, and then he's killing them. And I'm like, why are you marrying them in the first place? Is the implication that he killed the rest of them? Yeah, yeah, they talk about it. I oh, think. did they? Yeah. I, Maybe I, I not have... all of them, but there's at least two that he's killed. Because yeah. the implication I got is that the other wives were agreeable to a mild divorce, but I must have missed... I think that there, there's some implication. I think it's the last two, yeah. like four, three and four, okay. died that, young. That died young, and, uh, and so I'm just kind of left. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you getting married if you don't want to be married? It's well, if you 59. sound like Vincent Price, you probably don't want people to whisper about you being gay. So you're saying that he Lauren is possibly gay. 
I'm saying that Vincent Closeted. Price has a... Not, not Vincent. But I'm Lauren. saying Vincent Price brings to his characters a certain effeminate energy that in the 50s people might I suspect. I wouldn't say he had effeminate energy. It was a very disaffected energy. Maybe. It was definitely not traditionally masculine. I will give that, you that. That, that. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Not traditionally masculine. Not 50s masculine? And if he wasn't married and he had all that money, people would start to whisper about him. He's okay. very bitchy queen. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't say that, but yes, I'll co-sign. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I will look. I, I don't look at Vincent Price and go, "That dude's gay." I look at Vincent Price and go, "I wonder if he might be gay." Right. You know. So. And that's what. In the fifties, that's 50s, enough. Somebody, yeah, yeah. Somebody that's all you want need. to do anything to avoid that thought. Okay. Because in the fifties, they'd say, "I wonder if he's. Oh, he's gay. He's married. Of course, he's not gay." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will accept that for Lauren. Also, Annabelle is. Fucking gorgeous. She's so pretty. Like to to borrow a phrase from our friend Brent, I felt my Kenzie scale sliding. Yeah. <laughs> as I looked at her. Yeah, yeah. Not she, me. The Dr. Kinsey, just clarification. Uh yeah. She, <laughs> the Kinsey scale. Sassy too. <laughs> What's your level of sass today on the Kinsey scale? <laughs> On a six? Okay, you're fine. Uh, it only goes to five. <laughs> Not Kenzie's Kenzie's <laughs> I think that I would marry Annabelle. I think I would marry Annabelle five minutes after meeting her, and then at some point be like, oh, I actually don't like you. Fuck! <laughs> we don't get along. What do I do now? I guess I have to kill you. Damn it, now I have to drop you in a vat of acid. <sighs> Damn it. So I've just decided, though, Annabelle's... Until she actually goes down to the party, that outfit she has on... I fucking love that. That's now what I'm going to wear to every party I go I to. I think it's her pajamas. I don't care. I just much loved everything. It's she gorgeous wore. and it looked comfortable. So that's, that's my that new. I think she was wearing at the end where she was wearing some sort of bodysuit and then a, a robe that was only fastened at the neck so it would flow open and show her body. I was like, holy shit, that's fantastic. I think it was her night clothes. Like, yeah. Out of the 50s were extra about but their night clothes. A bodysuit as night clothes, I don't think they're comfortable. I kind of want to start squirming just a little bit. That's why you should have went with her first outfit, which I did, which does look comfortable, and it's a robe. Mac has no opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I checked out clothes. <laughs> you don't want to sleep in a bodysuit? No. Okay. <laughs> so we're in agreement on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just. And, and I pushed for this to be a rule and, and was rejected. But just, man, if you've got a vat of acid in your basement, maybe maybe you should drain that. Sure. Unless you want it there to kill your spouse. Yes, but the owners of the house had no reason to keep it. Do we know that? Oh. They might. Oh. We don't How know what easy they're... is it to drain a vat of acid? If I were going to drain a vat of acid, the first thing I would do would be to loop the shit out of it. Dilute, in case that word was not clear when I said it the first time. I thought you said loot. So did I. I was like, how do you loot acid, Donna? (laughs) I would dilute the shit out of it. I would just water, 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 water. Can you dilute it, though? Because you've got a vat of acid on your, like, in your floor. Like, what is the draining, like... Does it even have a drainage? I don't know. System. That's where I'm. Get get a, a vessel of some variety, scoot out a little bit of the acid. Just with your hand, just reach no! down there with the vessel and scoop it out. Jeez, you people! <laughs> you people! Once you once you get to that point, you're like, oh wait, I still want to kill my spouse, so I'm just gonna leave it. 
I do, like, I have always in this movie been like, why is that there? And then I get to the end, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's why that's there. I'm um, pretty sure that was the selling point for him to rent the house for the party. I bet they were looking, they were, like, guiding him on the tour, and then they're like, and here's the basement, be careful, there's a vat of acid. And he was like, excuse me? <laughs> a vat, did you say a vat of acid? And they're like, well, yeah, we're really sorry. And he's like, no, no, go on. <laughs> Tell he's me already, more about this acid. He's already got his checkbook out, and he's like, how many zeros do you need? <laughs> um, one of the things I really liked about Annabelle... And Vincent Price is that they are essentially like the evil mirrorverse version of Morticia and Gomez. Ah, uh, they are! Oh my god! Yes! Because they both are catty. They are catty as fuck. And that's like, fantastic. I want to be them when I grow up. I want to see the, the, the version of the House Hunters. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Trying to think, what's the character's name? What's Vincent Price's character? Frederick Lauren. Frederick Lauren is <laughs> money is no object, but he's looking for a secluded location, haunted mythology, and preferably an acid pit in the basement. <laughs> His budget is unlimited. Yeah, it's like, well, this one doesn't have the acid pit. Pass. <laughs> that gun safety, though. <laughs> Not quite plan nine level, but <laughs> nothing. Nobody is. scratched their head with a gun, yeah. but they definitely like turned the barrel <laughs> yes. around and looked at it. And at least two of them were walking around with their fingers on the trigger. Yeah, don't do that. No, another thing I like, kind of jumping back to uh, Annabelle and Price. I just love how pleasantly menacing Price is during this whole film. Like he's like it's still good manners, but it's like. Oh, he's going to cut somebody. <laughs> he would never. That would be uncouth. Oh, sorry. He'll just push you into the vat of acid and make sure just he a gentle won't shove. push you. Yeah. He will animate a giant skeleton marionette to, to startle you into the vat of acid. Um, have we said what this movie's about? Should we say what this movie's about? I, did. I summed yeah, it up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there was a scene... Um, about midway through that bothered me, though then once I knew what was actually going on, it didn't bother me as much. But Annabelle is uh, explaining to handsome test pilot dude that her husband is insane with jealousy and uh, he's going to try to kill her. So what she immediately does is walk into his room and sit on his bed and start fondling him, which was kind of like... I'm starting to understand why your husband might be insane with jealousy. It, it, it's starting to make some sense. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, once you know what's actually going on, that scene makes a little more sense. But I was team Annabelle until you find out what is going on. That I'm like, okay. And I'm, with that doctor? Yeah. Like, I mean, no. I would probably give her a pass if it was her and the test pilot orchestrating this. Because he is handsome and brave. Exactly. Because he's handsome and brave. But and doctor, later he becomes a cowboy. That's true. <laughs> he was on Big Valley. <laughs> See, I'm I'm, I'm team, team Annabelle all the way. I think she's wonderful. Wonderful? <laughs> yeah, I'm not team Annabelle. I stand by. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, she's fantastic and amazing, but... I hug her. What Adrian is saying, Annabelle is life goals. That is what Adrian's trying to Annabelle say. Annabelle is my life goal. Okay. 
Where Kira that is I my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I did really like her hair. I don't think I could pull that hair off. But I, hair I don't think good. anybody can pull that hair off. I think that she is a, like some ethereal being. <laughs> um, there are a lot of weird accidents accidents in this movie. Like, yeah. how did Nora almost fall into the pit of the vat of acid? Like, they're just standing there, and then she's almost falling, and handsome, brave test pilot has to save her. And I'm like, the fuck were you doing, Nora? There's a lot of weird things anyway in this movie. Not just so much with Nora, but why was the monster's hand afraid of Nora's scream? Why Why was that like, oh, no! <laughs> right? Well, because it's not a real monster. It's the not... monster's hand was never going to get that close. Oh, okay. Because it's not real. Was it... Was it the caretaker or was it Vincent Price? Uh, I don't know. It could be you know. No, not Vincent Price. The doctor. It would have been the doctor at that yeah. point. Yeah. Because the caretaker did try to get her out. Or am I mixing my movies up? No, the caretaker did try to get her out. Okay. Yeah. And no, she was going to leave, and the caretaker's GTFO. Okay. Because they needed Nora was their plan uh, not they the caretakers but Annabelle and the doctor Nora was their plan so they were going they, they were she was their prize racehorse they needed her to stay right um okay right. um the, so I wanna I I will point out one small similarity between this movie and others Nora, her name is Nora as opposed to Eleanor. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a small part of the reason why I'm starting to get them mixed up in my head. Um, it, is a, it is a fraction of the reason you are getting them mixed up. These are all the same movie. So would you say then this is just a, then, I mean, and we'll get into it more in the next episode. Then this is, what you're saying is you have scientific evidence of the haunted house trope. Yes. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about um, the the caretaker's wife whose name I don't remember, uh, but the blind lady, um, who is one and this is one of the things that I that I did kind of when I say it was dumb AF this is one of the things I'm referring to Mrs. Slides okay so Mrs. Slides uh, is the person that Nora believes is a ghost so she first sees uh, Mrs. Slides come into the room and then come out of the room that is. That's a good effect. It is a good effect, and it is, to this day, one of the things that scared me the most. That effect scared the shit out of me until I was, like, 15 fucking years old. And then, later on, Nora is in that room, and Mrs. Slide just appears out of the darkness and glides out of the room. With Claude. Uh, with Claude hands. Now, here's the thing. She's blind. She's not deaf. There's a young woman screaming her fucking head off one foot away from her ear, and she's not reacting to it at all. It's part of the plan. So are you saying the caretakers are in on it? Maybe yeah. unwittingly. Maybe unwittingly. But, but if also... they were unwittingly, she should have reacted. I mean, if I do something to scare a stranger, I'm going to go, Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I'm not scary. I'm sorry. Perhaps not they... committed to the goof, then. Yeah. Perhaps... <laughs> They were actually told by Annabelle or the doctor mm -hmm. or even Vincent Price's character, don't interact with the people. 
Or I want to pay you a dime. Yeah, like maybe... I, I am giving the movie more credit than it deserves at this moment. If I saw any evidence of that at all, I would be on... But but it basically made no sense at all to me. The, the, the first time, okay, because she's blind and maybe she's like, oh wait, this is... Nope, I'm meant to be over there instead. I could buy the going into the room and coming back out of the room. Or maybe she's just used to people screaming whenever she enters a room. I mean, if you enter a room that way, like she does, yeah. if that's your normal way to come into a room, just to burst out of the darkness. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe she actually enjoys it. There's that, too. Okay. Don't, don't assume that blind people are nice. I got yelled at by a blind person one time. See? She was, Don't she be was, ableist and assume that, that there are jolly, happy people. I was not being ableist. <laughs> I just said. <sighs> I like when he finds the severed head in the closet and is just like, I'm going to carry this around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just picks it up and is just like, all right, let's just. You know, no, no, baby, just to say, it's just a severed head. Uh, oh, I meant to say this earlier and forgot. That house is the Innes Brown house, which was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, cool. Hmm. Nice. One thing I did appreciate about this film, since this was uh, we watched this after The Haunting, was that it, within the first five minutes, it had more ghosts than The Haunting. Some, something <laughs> actually happens, and that's what I was going to say about the effect of the blind lady. I was like, uh, the moment that happened, I'm like, oh, okay, something happens in this movie. Proceed. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, one of the notes I have here is about the lighting. Like, yeah. they use the lighting so well in this movie. Like, I feel yeah. like this is a better put-together film. Let me rephrase this. Because, okay, so The Haunting is a beautiful movie where yeah. not a fucking thing happens. Right. This is, I think... And it doesn't have very good use of lighting. No, we talked not about terrible. That. Yeah. Not this great. This had a yeah. really good use of lighting. It did. Where it's had, 13 Ghosts had... Awful use of light. Thirteen, yeah. yeah. So I think that this movie is better yeah. thought out and more well made than the other two because it has all the elements that I let's, think are let's necessary. Let's take these two and smash them together, and we'll get one really good movie and one really horrible movie that we can just burn. Ignore, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's. I think what you're talking about, Adrian, I think that's a credit to William Castle. I think that's Castle knowing what his audience wants, what they're going to see a horror film for. Is it, It's that right there. The the, the good scares, the, yeah. you Beyond know. that, it's not being coy about it. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just, like you are here for this. Right. And I'm going to give this to you where The Haunting is, it's a... It's a award show film dressed up as a horror film with yeah. no horror happening. The, the Haunting is an A-movie that wouldn't deign to consider the fact that ghosts might exist. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, uh, and then when you compare it to 13 Ghosts, 13 Ghosts, Adrian, you said, I mean, if the movie had been shot for 3D, great. But it wasn't. So it's just bland cable TV just everything. Oh, I see where everything is. This has shadows. Yeah. Things emerging from the shadows. Things receding in the shadows. Mm-hmm. There's movement. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, if you want to see them, I, I would say... Actually, you know what would be a good mashup of these two films, I think? The Others. Because they're beautiful, it's a haunted house, and there's actual scares. I think one of the things I like about this movie is that it's not... As heavy. No. 
And like, like I feel it's like got some. It's got some moments where you can relax, where you can yeah. laugh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not saying I don't like heavy horror movies, but sometimes when I'm getting to, like when I'm watching a horror movie that's really heavy, I'm just like, oh, like uh, like I can't. Like hereditary. Yeah, like I just. Yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm just depressed. Right. Like, I have trouble enjoying the scares because I am just depressed. Right. I think I that's love... why comedy works so well with yes, horror. Because there's so much shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a dark fucking thing. Horrible, terrible things are happening to people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like being able to take a moment and laugh about it. And I think that's one of the things that works with, like, Event Horizon for me is that, for the most part, the movie is dark and heavy and terrible things are happening. But then there are moments where you're like, ah, that was, oh, shit. That was funny, but now we're we're being crazy oh, look, again. His fingers are drumming. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, but I think that's I think you need that. You need that that coin flip where you can have a mm-hmm. moment to catch your breath, and then I think it helps. It makes the scares more effective. Mm-hmm. This one has a very bare minimum of existential dread, where the others a little bit of existential dread. Yeah, and um, uh, the haunting has. Only existential dread going for it. <laughs> and you can't make a movie just about existential dread. I mean, you can. They did. Well, yeah. but it's not really a movie. It's just sort of a sizzle reel of despair. Yes. <laughs> Once again, aren't we talking about hereditary? The sizzle reel of despair. Yes. Hashtag sizzle reel of despair. But even, even hereditary I want eventually, eventually put stuff out there for you. Yeah, that's true. Whereas Things the haunting happen. is just like, do you feel bad? Okay. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Okay. What else do we have? Do we have anything else on House on Haunted Hill? Uh, Uh, I have a note that says, fucking weirdo, let her leave. Yeah, uh, there was a point where she tried to leave the room. This may be what you're talking about. And handsome test pilot dude slammed the door and wouldn't let her leave. Yeah. And then she seemed really cool with it. And I'm like, no, she really wouldn't be cool with that. Yeah, I find in a lot of old movies this awkwardness in the way men and women interact where I'm in a constant state of, no, that's not okay. (laughs) Well, movies almost exclusively written by men. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I do want to comment that if a rope crawls in your window and wraps around your ankles, it doesn't mean you any good. And I know it was a trick. Right. But still. That I rope does do not that. I don't know. Probably shot it backwards. Where... No, no, I understand. Oh. <laughs> I how understand did they do how it in the, the fiction film of the movie? team yeah. did this. I I just if everything in the house was a trick, how did Annabelle or Lauren or Maybe it wasn't all a trick. Ooh. Yeah, I mean... My Vincent Price is getting better as we go, so if you make this a two-hour show, I might actually get there by the end. (laughs) (laughs) Might have it nailed. Uh, So, yeah, I don't don't know how they did it. And, of course, it actually was a trick. But, no, if a rope crawls in my window and starts wrapping around my ankles, I'm going to fucking move. Yeah, I was like, just step out of it, lady. Mm -hmm. If it's a rope, vines, anything that shouldn't crawl and wrap around. And and if it's moving that slow, just... It's like slow-moving zombies. Don't stand there and scream. Just step back. Take a step away. Away. Why can't I use words today? Take a step away. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, I like the Tales from the Crypt ending. I was fine with that. <laughs> but oh, I'm all... creep show ending, yeah. Yeah, but I'm always a fan of a Tales from the Crypt type ending, so... Anything else before we, we start throwing... There was a complete lack of passion between Annabelle and her doctor. 
there was a point where they kissed, and I was like, I think she was using him. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, she wanted to get paid. I think she was going to take his money and kill him. If there was going to be passion, it would have been with Handsome McHandsome, brave face pilot of the Americans. She was sure why she liked him. She reserves her passion for select individuals. She the select individual is called money. (laughs) If you have that, then that's the passion. Just thought you'd know. Yeah, (laughs) I ain't saying she's a gold digger. And we're done with the school. Right. <laughs> let, let me pr- help you help yourself. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't finishing the line. I know, but I'm just, just in case anybody was tempted. <laughs> no. Okay. I was just going to be like, get the fuck out, both of you. <laughs> uh, that's, 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 that's as far as I go. I'm too... Yeah, I'm, I'm way too... I'm too I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. All right. Mac, you had a quote. Yes, yes I did. The very last line in the uh, movie, there's a lot of great, um, well there's two that I can think of. Uh, Vincent Price saying something and then turning to the camera and uh, making you think like you're part of the action. They're coming for me now, and then they'll come for you. <laughs> I lost it again. Vincent Price just went away. It's okay, Vincent Price didn't say that line. Who did? It was Squirrely McSquirrely, dude. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. We had a whole so discussion. That goes back to my thinking that Vincent Price should have played that character because it feels like the <laughs> Vincent Price line. That goes back to also in the video me thinking that was the first line and you're yeah. right. And Adrian's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> that is the last line, Ken. <laughs> okay, all right, Donna, you had our poll. Yeah, yeah. I want to know how much money would it take. Mm. For you to spend the nice in a, night in a haunted house with a bunch of strangers. Negative. You, 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 you go last. Okay. Yeah. Because your answer is contrary. <laughs> uh, $26,342. That's what I still owe on student loans. I was like, I'm that is a highly... One night, goodbye. <laughs> I was like, that is a very specific number. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm in much the same boat. Whatever the current balance of my student loans is, yeah. is the amount. I just paid it yesterday, so I happen to remember. Oh, I, I was going to say, I think this is a very good distinct, like, like, how you can tell the difference between Donna and Mac. Mac knows exactly <laughs> his student loan number, I, and I, Donna's I, like, whatever it is. No, I don't want to know, okay? <laughs> I, I specifically, emphatically do not know. You're a doctor. It's a big number. Yeah. <laughs> um... I honestly don't think it, I would... I mean, if I got paid to spend the night at the <laughs> house, that would be like a bonus. But if we're wanting an actual number, fine. We'll say 10 Gs. Fine. We'll say what it is in the Really? Beginning. 10 Gs? Yeah. I think in 2018 money, I think you're selling yourself short. Because like 59 $10,000 is enough to be... Yeah. I'm talking about me as a person here. Like, honestly, if okay. I got paid, that's a bonus. Ah. But staying the night in a haunted house? Gotcha. That's more where I'm, I'm going with it. I'm with you. It would take negative dollars. I have already specifically paid money to stay at the Crescent Hotel. I was literally last night searching the Tulsa Spirit Tours and noticing that they have a thing to like go to these abandoned places. Like to, to make it like basically you get to star in a snuff film so far as I can tell. Like it is a casting call to make you pay and star in a snuff film. Not really, but it's like, we'll take you to an abandoned place, and we'll give you liquor, and we'll do this. And I'm like, I wonder how many people die. 
<laughs> yeah, they've got doing a, this. They've got a prison that I think it's Missouri that they go to. Oh yeah, it was like we'll draw, we will provide transportation out of town. I wonder if I can write that short story by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. And, uh, and and it costs money to do this, and I was legitimately thinking. I wonder if I could find a babysitter for my kid so I could do this. As someone that has done... So, so negative dollars. Yeah. I, would, I would literally pay to do this. As someone who has done now two tours, who did the ghost tour at the Crescent, and went to Zach Baggins Haunted Museum, I'm kind of also with Adrian. I gotta emphasize, though, that my, my objection is not to the haunted ghosts, because I don't believe in them, so I don't give a shit. But they believe in you, Donna. <laughs> it's the strangers. It's somebody I don't know has asked me to come spend the night at a place with a whole bunch of other people I don't know. Fuck that. No. I'd be more walk... comfortable staying with strangers than with people I know. Those who walk <laughs> here walk alone. <laughs> so... I would probably have a moment where I was like, I don't know. And my husband would be like, don't fucking do this. Are you crazy? And I'd be like, well, you married me, so. (laughs) I say I like that's the difference between (laughs) Billy and Norman. Because Billy had been like, all right, have fun. Hopefully I'll see you when you get back. (laughs) You know, I think it's because we have a kid. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe that's it. We had a stranger knock on our door in the middle of the night one night. And, like, he was on the other side of the door asking for help. We called the police, by the way. We didn't just, like, leave him on the porch. But he was, like, on the other side of the door asking for help. And I was walking up to the door. And, and, and Norman was like, what the fuck are you doing? Get away from the door. And I was like, I want to see. And he's like, don't see. You watch horror movies. You know what happens. Now, I've, I've heard that story a couple times. And I, I love it. But I want to, something I've never mentioned is that years ago when my kid was little, a stranger knocked on the door. And I let her in. <laughs> I let her in the house. See, here's... Now, she was wearing a t-shirt and possibly nothing but, and was freaking the fuck out, and it was... That doesn't support your decision. No, okay, here's, here's, a di- here's a difference. If I had seen that, I probably would have let her in. Yeah. What I saw was it was the middle of winter, and there was a dude yeah. on my porch throwing up into my garden mm-hmm. wearing no shirt, and I thought, hmm... It's 45 degrees outside, and you're throwing up in my garden. Yeah. No, it was indeed a you, different situation. I, I was like, either you're on drugs, or you're turning into a zombie, and either way, I want no part of this. <laughs> I want a little part of yeah, this. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I find that highly dubious. I really hope the mic picked up that little sound you made. <laughs> Uh, I also opened the front door one day and saw a greyhound standing there, and I let him in, too. So. Uh, I would let him in, too. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. Where are we? Rule. Who's got a rule? I do. All right. Do we, are we fighting about it? But no, we rejected yours, right? Yes, we rejected we yours. <laughs> rejected mine. She even said that earlier. Like, I, this was my suggestion for a rule, but it, yes. was, it, was, it was rejected. And I rebelled and brought it up anyway. Yeah. No, I thought that's it, it worked. It was a good discussion point, but it's a, not, not as good as a rule as this. Uh, there are no ways to kill your spouse and avoid suspicion. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... police procedurals have taught me this. Right. I mean, police procedurals. procedurals. And I'm top of the list no matter what. Right. Yeah. Except I don't have a spouse, so. You will be a person of interest if something ever happens to said X. Yeah. They'll be knocking on your door. I mean, which is why I have never Googled. How hot a fire has to be to burn a body. 
That's probably for the best, Donna. Because my ex will die in a fucking fire just to spite me. And if uh, (laughs) any Oklahoma law enforcement is looking for Donna. (laughs) Pro tip. We have books at the library. You can you can just go there and look it up and it will never be in your search history. But Good to know. I and think, also I think some library records are still subject to the Patriot Act. Throwing that out there. There was the, also I can tell you that yeah. the privacy of your library account yeah. is federally protected. It wasn't several years. That's changed. That's good. But it, there was yeah. a period there where it wasn't so much. It is federally protected. We are not allowed to give out any information to somebody if their accounts are not linked, mm-hmm. um, or if they cannot. Like we're, we're like if you if you don't have ID, we're not supposed to give you, right. and you don't have your card, we're not supposed to give you any information about the account. Good but not even with a warrant. Uh, I've never had that happen. So I'm thinking. I bet if there's a warrant, <laughs> something might. I'm change? betting. I'm betting it's. I don't know. Subject to some level of investigative power. That's never been brought up at any staff meetings. I think you need to I, bring that up in a staff. I meeting will, now. and I'll, I'll keep you updated. Please do. Because Donna really needs to know. Donna needs to Like, today. <laughs> like, the sooner you have that staff meeting, the yeah. better it is for Donna. She really needs to have known it yesterday. <laughs> but it'll do in a pinch. All right, do we have anything else before we close the book on this? All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate your support. Uh, you can find us on multiple aspects of social media. We're on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We have an Instagram page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Our Facebook page, of course, is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Roger Dunwhistle has his own Twitter account now. Yes, he does. But he doesn't post at the moment. It's fantastic. Why am I only just not here? Was I just not paying attention? He was in the chat, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. I was so excited. Like, did did he get in trouble? By the way, because there was there was there was a moment where they thought he might be a bot, but I confirmed everything and he was okay. Because uh, yeah, I yeah. I there was one point I went to to check something, and it came up and said there has been some unusual activity from this account. No, okay, it's just because I I popped up. I haven't posted anything. And I followed like five dumb white guys. Okay. <laughs> I thought those were all people that you, all accounts yeah. you made, Mac, when no. I saw that, all the dumb white guys. So yeah, follow Roger Dunwhistle. At Dun- Dunwhistle. <laughs> uh, we have a webpage that will also link to our episodes if you're not getting us on Google Play or iTunes, which is beyondthecabininthewoods.com, our Patreon, so you can watch a video of our recording shenanigans on how we uh, decide what we decide is Beyond the Cabin. And I am... Um, behind on getting those video posted and I apologize and I will get up to date ASAP. And we have some sister podcasts which is Collective Snark. We have the 20th anniversary Buffy fan cast uh, Once More with Feeling. Our brother podcasts The Family Business which is a rewatch of Supernatural and we're also part of the Gumby Cat Network. So thank you guys so much. And don't read the left. Do you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.